Walsh is about to appear with us. Oh, we just went live now. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ohm School Live. I am not doing the show solo. GP Walsh will be here, our master spiritual teacher. We need him for the show. But today I wanted to start because this was a highly inspired and important show. I felt from around the world, people are going to this. And this is a, I want to share a personal story. Today's show is called, I have to read it word for word here, Freedom escape the prison of your own mind. And I wanted to begin today by sharing this with you guys and linking it all in. Because a lot of times we think, oh, you know, the prison of our own mind, like, and we can, a lot of times we want to justify and validate, no, I really am in prison. I really can't get out of this situation. I really, I've done everything I can. I, it's out of my control or the conditions really are this way and I can't do it. And I want to share with you that 10 years ago, a little bit longer, but anyways, 10 years ago, we'll put it that way. I was in a situation in my life where I literally, truly put my mind, created a prison that I truly believed existed. And the bars were plenty. <laughs> they were full. The lock was tight. I did not have that key. And I was in a relationship, a situation where someone told me, just someone, they, they told me, you can't leave. And I believed them. And I created a prison for myself based on this belief. I, I didn't question it. I didn't do it. It was like, wow, you, you said I couldn't leave. So then I can't leave, but I don't want to be here. And what happened was when I believe, when I gave power to somebody else with my own mind, they didn't actually take any power. They didn't get any power. They didn't do anything. It has nothing to do with them. It was to do with me and my mind. My mind created a prison and said, for whatever reason, I didn't know at the time, but didn't have self-inquiry work back then. Thank, thank goodness I do now, and I hope that you are too. But back then, it took me three years after hearing that, after thinking, I can't do anything about this. I, I, I can't go. I can't leave. There were so many reasons. And when I made the decision, my mind rationalized that I really couldn't leave, that I started pulling up different conditions. Yep. That proves it. Can't go because of that. Can't do this because of this. And I really started creating a life that supported and kept me in that prison. It wasn't for until three years. As I said, I actually um, had, I'll, I'll tell you one thing I want. This is one part I want to share. When we think that we, we don't even know that we're in a prison. Our mind just says, no, you can't do this. You, you can't get escape. You can't get out. You'll never do it. You'll fail. And a lot of times we can go to different programs or read books or talk to our friends and family, our loved ones. And sometimes the advice comes, you just got to have courage and do it. You just got to jump. You just got to do this. Well, I'll, I'll share with you. In that three-year period, I had actually secretly rented another home and would visit it every day just to build up the courage, just to jump. Nine months of this. And I thought... It's just not going to happen. And it's costing me a lot of money. <laughs> and, and I had more anxiety around it because I was sneaking and, and having to lie. And so it was making me, ex I was extremely ill over this. And so I, one day just that I sat with myself and I probably was crying. I think I was doing Ho'oponopono, you know, the, um, uh, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And just layer after layer. And really what it was, was the self-inquiry work. It was who told, why do I believe that I'm in prison? What, how come he gets the power? And then I did do my whole anger issue. It was, it was all him. He did this. No, 
Nobody else did that. That was me. And as I went deep and I offered that compassion, I just wanted to compassionate listen to why did I think I was in prison? Why did I think I couldn't leave? I'm just this human as capable as so many people. And I, I didn't challenge the assumption. I inquired. I did the self-inquiry work. And you know what? Just like that, the bars fell away. I was just free. I literally, it was, it was in my mind. And I remember for the next three years living in that apartment after that, kind of like lovingly chuckling at myself, like, wow, I had that power all along. And it really was now that I had that power, just when I could figure it out. And it wasn't courage. It wasn't willpower. It wasn't pulling other people in to help me and, you know, get me out. It was my mind. I needed to free my mind. And so this is why one of these, this freedom topic is so important to me is what prisons have you created yourself? And when we create the prison around ourselves and that with our minds, sometimes we can actually fall in love with it a little. We depend on it. We validate it. We don't want to leave it because I have noticed in my life since then I could, now I'm able to recognize a little bit quicker. Thank you. <laughs> oh, there we go. I'm creating a prison. Oop. That could be another little prison over there because I can feel and I recognize that feeling in my body. Remember, feelings are information and we can recognize that feeling and then do that work. We can ask, what, where is this feeling? What is this reminding me of? How can I get at this? And I'm going to ask GP to finish the rest of this one because that's where we're going to take the show today. On Omschool Live, we are going to free the mind and show how we can free the mind, but gently and honestly and with the truth being our guide. So please join us. Yes, Master Spiritual Teacher, <laughs> Energy Healer, G.P. Walsh. Hello. Wonderful. Wonderful story, Lisa. And very, very, uh, very illustrative of the whole process, how we get, how we get uh, stuck. And, <clears throat> you know, let's face it, there are people in, in our lives who are very good at planting those seeds in us. They, they kind of intuitively spot the weakness um, and exploit it. Uh, you know, that's the nature of the narcissist, especially the pathological narcissist who, who just can't take any responsibility for themselves. Everything gets projected on the other person. And if, and if there's nothing there that can distinguish between what's really here and what is just my mind, um, you really are locked in that, in that prison. So the first of the bodhisattva practices given by the Buddha was um, becoming adept at perceiving, at distinguishing the perceptions of your own mind. Yes. Yes. Breaking down the walls of the mind is the is the essence of Zen Buddhism because that is where we are kept. We are uh, kept prisoner. It's, it's so all powerful. in our own minds. Yeah. Oh. It was the most powerful experience because there really was no tangible solution that it literally when you when you actually have that experience of of being freed and you're like whoa it was like like magic like because it just vapor it just vaporizes because you were never you were never really in bondage but because you believed you were you interpreted everything that you experienced from that perspective and it all seemed to confirm it that I didn't have the ability to do that. And I've had plenty of the experiences of those like that in my, in, in, in my life as well. It's very easy to get, um, 
you know, especially if you've really had, if you've had abusive parents, it's, you're extremely susceptible to it because they, they projected everything onto you. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very, it's a very common thing and in our, our world where we are, we are so well trained to defer to others that we, we do not trust our own perceptions. We don't trust our own intuition. We don't, and so we don't realize that it is because of what we believe that is keeping us stuck and that in fact you are never ever really stuck. Yes. It's when we give up our authority, but there's reasons why we give up our authority. And if yes. we don't know ourselves, which, and, and back then I really, I knew a lot of me, but the work never ends, it seems. And I, bold question, <laughs> does that work ever end? Like, because I think, no, I'm really good at this. Like, I know who yes. I am, but then something shows up. Yes, it I'm does. Like, it does. It does end. Yeah. It that, does? You know, thank God. There's a finite, there is a, a finite number of layers of muck <laughs> Be, between <laughs> and, between the sense of I as you perceive yourself now and the truth of your being. It is finite. Um, mm. It can seem like it's layer after layer after layer because that, that's just a testament to the brilliance of the nervous system because it's created layers upon layers upon layers um, for the same, for the single reason to keep you safe, to try to keep the the real you, the, the the part that isn't in bondage to anything, from from being lost. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's doing. It is protecting that original innocence, because that's what was in danger. It, it it's kind of the um, it, it kind of takes the hit. It's the secret service man who takes the bullet for the president. Right? Yes. When when you say that, that makes me wonder. The, had I gone and taken that story to the original, why did I in the first place believe that there, so there was something in my nervous system, in any of our nervous systems, that say, oh, you better believe that because you're in danger if you don't? It resonates uh, in harmony with something that's already been, it's already there, right? Okay. You know, no salesman, however good, can sell you if you don't buy, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's got to be some place where that can stick, right? Otherwise, it'll just pass pass through you. You know, mm. you can't you can't insult someone who has confidence, right? Right. They yeah. they can take it in. They'll even consider and say, well, maybe there's some merit to it. But they will not be insulted, right? Because they know who they because they know who they are. The one who does not yet know who they are is going to vibrate with pain around that. They're going to suffer around it. A criticism, and then want to defend themselves. They either take it in and oh, what a terrible person I am, and confirm it, or they'll get very resentful and and try to uh, push it away to tr try to protect the weakness, there because there's mm -hmm. no there's no strength there. But yes, something inside of us has to vibrate in harmony with it. Yes. Um, that and and that's just we were taught to be weak. We were taught to. Right, right. We were trained. That's a better way. It's not even taught because we were trained, like dogs, mm -hmm. <laughs> to, to, um, to defer, to to doubt yourself. To, 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 and I mean, I got it from the beginning. To everything I said was was to be doubted. I mean, it was like constant, un constant undermining, mm -hmm. um, to to try to to control. Right? Yes. Um, and that I mean, that's you know the pathologically narcissistic 
that is just one form in which that in which that happens. But um, parents will often do that just to try to get control over the kid and to get the control over them. Um, you you weaken their confidence. Yes. Through guilt, shame. There's all there's one a whole bunch of tools in that toolbox. Yeah, lots of them. <laughs> and, and even um, it's interesting because we might not think about this, but there's the flip side of that prison where it's not uh, guilt, shame and that, but it's also can be done by reward. Stay in your prison and you can have this reward. You know, oh, yes. A job oh, perhaps yes. or, or a relationship or all these things or just be a good oh, girl. Good that. boy. Yeah, that's the reward. Yeah, there's always the, the reward is that you will get something that represents safety and if you're a child that's enough right yes you know it's not when you're adult i i mean it's 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 fascinating psychologically that that people who are in prison when they get out want to return yes because it's so uncomfortable and unfamiliar out there they don't know how to deal with life uh, being the one making their own choices and and so they want to go back to that place. Send me back to my send me back to the, my 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 prison. Yeah. Um, it it takes it takes a whole retraining of the the nervous system to to come out of that. And there's, you know, the, there's a susceptibility that can go on for your for your whole life. Like I said, there is an end to it because it is not the truth of your being. It is the fabrication of the nervous system to protect you, but it's not the truth. These habits may even persist for a lifetime because it's just how well the nervous system got trained, but the realization that it is just a habit in the nervous system is the liberation. At that point you can, you can even be friendly and tolerate it when it comes up. It will no longer dominate you. It doesn't have to go away in order for you to be free. This is, yes, very correct. Um, another mini story on this one, it's Lisa's story day today, um, is that I had an accident seven months ago and flipped my vehicle and I didn't have a vehicle, but I was also, you know, and I thought, I kept making the story up like, well, I don't have a car, I can't go anywhere. But I discovered now that I, I replaced the vehicle now just on the weekend, I have a bit of fear. I'm in my little prison, what I thought was my prison. I can't go anywhere, I don't have a vehicle. Now that I have one, I actually don't even want to drive it because I'm recognizing of doing this work. I like my little mm. prison right now because it's keeping me safe from not having another accident. <laughs> and there you go. so there's yeah. some work to be done there. And and that is a newly I'm, you know, a, a full grown adult here. So it's not that it, this is from <laughs> little thing like this can happen at any point of our life. At any point. Yes. We can our minds can create these prisons. So is there any way of preventing prison? Of the mind. Um, well, yeah, uh, the conscious awareness. I, I, I mean, becoming, becoming um, adept at um, distinguishing the perceptions of your own mind, becoming a real curious student of the way the mind works. Because when you understand how it works, you, are, you no longer fall prey to it. It's only when you don't know how it works that you are susceptible to its claims because you don't know how to challenge it. So it's always understanding and wisdom that that um, that holds the cards. 
And that's why you have to cultivate it. I mean, that's why self-inquiry is so critical. Self-inquiry isn't just, who am I, who am I, who am I? It's a, it's a real in-depth, precise examination of the nature of thinking, the nature of belief, how these patterns get formed, and, and, and in such a way that you can now distance yourself from it and become the master of them. They no longer just suck you in. You see them happening, which allows you to maintain a distance while they're happening. And if, if that's the case, if you maintain that distance and you are not drawn into the story, you are taking from the whole mechanism the energy that sustains it. Because it's your agreement with it that is the energy that sustains it. Because it doesn't have any energy of its own. Right? You're the, you are the socket, it's the plug. If it's unplugged, it has no energy. But if it manages to plug into you, it becomes renewed over and over and over again. So our belief, our perpetual, uh, our, our, what's the word I'm looking for? The, us constantly maintaining that belief yeah. is, what, is what sustains it. Right? The moment I don't believe it anymore, I've, I have... I've unplugged it. Now, it can keep going for a while, like a fan that you've unplugged, right? You know, just don't plug it back in. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that goes to the question then, um, when somebody has experienced trauma and has created this prison in their mind, the more they talk about it, um, we, um, we, everybody, I'd like to invite you. We, we just did a beautiful meditation on EWN yesterday and, and just touched on this. And I want to bring it to home uh, school here today is, and it's not to put down talk therapy. It's not to put down any other type of therapy, but a lot of us, you know, we all have friends we call and say, oh my gosh, do you know what happened? And oh, I can't believe it. I need to talk about this. So there is the, there's the value of expressing oneself, but then what if we keep telling that story, like what you said, and we keep plugging it back in, are we healing anything? Are we bringing anything to light? Are we, could we even get assistance from somebody outside of us that who, who is not a teacher who can guide us, but just a, an ear? Um, well, it depends. Uh, it depends on how you approach it, right? I mean, most of the time people just are just kind of repeating the story just out of the pain of it, right? There's a certain mm -hmm. amount of relief just by being able to, to, to say the story. And especially if somebody confirms it for you, there's, that's actually, on one level, it can be a positive thing, right? So, okay, this really is happening. I'm not crazy. I am being gaslit or whatever, whatever the thing is. It can be very, it can be supportive. It, it can also just be a way of continually plugging the fan back, back in because there's a certain catharsis that comes from telling the story that, that is not healing. It's a temporary, it's just a safety valve, right? Um, you know, you've let you've let off a little steam, but but in the context of of healing, coming to terms with the story and all the associations with the story and the emotional investment in the story and all the different aspects of it, um, that you may have to go to that depth um, in, in order to finally eradicate it from the uh, from the system. But remember, in essence, it, it is the it is the uh, um, it is a re an establishment of a different relationship with it. You, you, you stop being in it, and you are now the observer of it. 
And as long as you're in it, it's you. You're stuck with it. You are, it, you are plugged in. You are living that. But if that relationship becomes, it's, it's no longer me. It is something that is happening of which I am aware. The power has now come back to me. In that position, I have power. In the other, I have none. I am completely a slave to the circumstance. I'm a slave to the mind because I've identified with it. That, I love that question. I don't know if that's a good place to start with, with inquiry or, or meditation is where, I don't know, I'll ask this, whatever. can we ask the question, where in my body does that, how can I recognize that I have the power in here, I don't have the power? Do, can we tune into our body? Will our body let us know which feels more truthful? There's a, a variety of ways to approach it, but you can, uh, oftentimes, uh, if you're if you're someone who is susceptible to the criticism of others, right? um, you know, especially in a, in a in a relationship where somebody's dominant, right, and dominates you by by triggering those buttons, you can you can feel in your body the energy just draining out when you should be defending yourself and you can't, right? It, mm -hmm. It's sudden suddenly it's nothing but their energy, right? right? All your strength is gone. Now that you can physically feel that. Now, recognizing that, again, you may not be able to do anything about it in the moment, right? But if you simply go into the body and be with it and recognize that that is what's happening, that there's an energetic reaction to this that is just sucking, just draining all the energy out and leaving you absolutely powerless, right? To, simp to be aware of that is the first step to regaining that power, right? It's no longer automatic, right? Right. Th this is what's critical. It's no longer automatic. You're actually witnessing it happen. And if I'm witnessing it happen, I can begin to turn that knob down, right? And I can, and it, it's not an easy thing because when you recognize it, you realize how, how diminished you've, you've become, right? You don't even know how. You don't, you don't know where to look inside to find the strength to say, to say no, to set a boundary, to say no when you mean no, right? and not be coerced or, 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 or whatever. For a lot guilt. of people, it's a very difficult thing to do. And yes, there's guilt, there's shame, there's just a sense of diminishment, there's a sense of powerlessness, there's a fear of being punishment, there's a fear of being lost, of, of losing something. There's all sorts of uh, elements that can go into it. Um, each one to be examined, and so you, yeah, you will feel it in the body, and to actually, uh, sometimes you'll feel it in, in, uh, in, in one part of the body more intensely than in another, and that's all, all often a clue as to what's actually, um, you know, the, the energetic distortion, the energetic misalignment that's going on. When I teach coaching, I, I have a model for for using these various feelings, the location of the body is as is an indicator of what it might be. Right, yes. When we feel, hmm. okay, so we've got the indication and we're like, oh, there that is. I know a lot of people and probably even myself, I'm sure in there, toss me in there, um, will go, okay, I'm witnessing it. It's happening, I'm doing it again. Oh my gosh, and then we turn on ourselves and go, 
you're so weak. You're so dumb. How, why are you continuing this? Like you're letting, there I go again. That's just me doing that over again. Yeah. How can we be more gentle or is that okay to start with that? Well, it, 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 once again, if you recognize that that too is part of the mechanism of the mind that is keeping you enslaved, right? Right. Okay. It, it isn't, it, it, we suddenly think, okay, there's the weakness and then now it's me condemning myself for being weak. No, that's not you either. That's right. part of the same deal. So take yeah. another step back and look at the reaction to it. Right? right, and now you see, you get a bigger picture of the whole program at work, and how subtle and inter interconnected it is, and you just keep stepping back, right, until you are witnessing it from a place that isn't engaged with it. Yes. That's actually then, in fact, that place is already free of it. Right. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. That was like the perfect thing. That's like your act. Action step, haha, keep stepping back until you are no longer <laughs> yes. engaged. Because if there's any engagement left, that's the, the conditioning. That is the, the programming. That is, yep, that's it. To bite that at is, it. That's, 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 it's another part of the hook. That's part of the layers of the hook, right? right? Okay. Is that why we tap until... Um, so when we're doing our different tapping, we don't have the words. Maybe we're just tapping. We're a touch. We're touching on the spots, creating that environment of safety just by giving the message to the body, and then allowing us that time to step back until as far as we can go. Yeah. Well, it helps, right? I mean, the the way, at least the way I use tapping, it, it assists in the in the body by by sending this message. You're safe. Right, it is allowing the, the the body to step out of the normal program that it's in, because the environment is diff different. Right, remember the pro the program is a response to the environment. Right, yes. that's always what it is. There's something happens in the environment, some kind of an event or a confrontation or whatever it is. It triggers reactions in the system, and without consciousness, that's automatic. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. And it, it, there's an, when enough consciousness happens that you know, well, maybe I can do something, or at least I've, reach, or I've, I've reached out for help, just the act of tapping takes this from being this, this is the environment, this is the reaction, to the environment is now different. Yes, yes the same environment is here, but all of a sudden there's this other element that has been, that's been injected into it. And the nervous system is incredibly sensitive. It notices that. It's not the same. And that message gets in. And if it's consistent, it will begin to adapt to, the, to this different environment. Well, maybe the threat or whatever it is is still very much there, but it's not the only thing that's there anymore. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like that image actually, and that I believe that was part what helped me. Even though I, you know, I rented that place and I would visit it regularly, and because just something has changed, I was just start trying to imagine what it, get the feeling going. Yes. This is what it would feel like. This is what it, and still even many stories would step in to say, "Well, this isn't as good," or you, you could never. A lot of that worthiness and deserving and and ability would creep in. So I, I see now where that would have been beneficial to know. <laughs> Just keep stepping back, I, I, you know, then I could have said, okay, well, this still isn't you yet either. Well, you literally did step back. <laughs> <I> mean, 
<laughs> you know, as but I mean to to actually cut the emotional imprisonment, right? Yeah. Took yeah. some doing, but and it you know the first step you you created a physical environment and it felt good in the other place. So there was a shift yes. in the overall environment. There was a safe place that you could that you could visit. It's actually quite a graphic detail. We can do the same thing without actually having to rent another place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? But if that's what you need to do, well then by all means do it. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, do whatever you need to do to create that space in which you can disconnect from that which is keeping you imprisoned. A lot of people who are really unhappy with their careers or their job or what they're doing, they they have fun and they play in their mind like, what would I do if I really like, oh, I'll you know, start a new business doing this. And if you can just play with it in your mind, that, that offers, it introduces a new emotional connection. And if you actually even can take this, oh, I'm going to create my little business logo or business cards. And, you know, and even it's because, you know, we have so many people, oh, that's what I want to bring up when let's just take that scenario so somebody hates their job and they're like but i really really want to pet sit i don't know and so and, they, and everybody says really you're gonna quit your phd job to go pet sitting oh you're gonna lose the money and blah 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 but so other people when it's you yeah we're trying you're like oh i think i got the keys i see the keys to that prison i can almost unlock it but somebody else says no those keys are too far you can't reach them it, is that just our did we call in that other person to support and validate that we are in prison or is it just one more layer we have to go through well i wouldn't say you called them in they were already there because they were already part of the environment in which you were stuck in that right Ooh, you'd yes. already created an environment that revolved around that so they were already there so they represent the status quo right where you, where you are in that moment. So you start growing and you want out of that. Don't expect the, the, the whole world that you've created that's a part of that to suddenly go, yay, yay team, go and be cheerleaders. They're going to, what the hell's the matter with you? Because they're part of the network that has kept this whole thing intact. They've been the reinforcement mechanism for the prison, right? They're, you, I mean, it's like you hired your own prison guards. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. <laughs> Basically, wow. that's what it is, and you know, rarely do those people actually want to go with you because you know they, if if they acknowledge the the reality of what you're saying, then they have to acknowledge it for themselves as well, and they don't want to face it. Right. Yes. That is so interesting. That's why they form groups, I guess. When you do make a change, or you you kind of need to change. Your neighborhood, you, you change your um, your social circle, your fa sometimes family people, even though they're family, they have to remove family. Like, yes, I had to remove my entire family. Right. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. The only one was left was my sister. Right. Wow. And how did you, and she also did, removed her herself from the, <laughs> both went together, from, which is helpful <laughs> from, 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 from the whole thing. No, I actually went first, yeah, right. yeah, and, then, and, and she, she was she recognized, her, yeah. 
So in that situation, so it's not like we, so there's no set rules. We can't say, well, you can't come because you're in that environment and you can stay because you're coming with me. It's, <laughs> we just have to get settled in our own mind first and foremost and, and really introduce new things in that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you've created the prison and, and it's well stocked, you know, sometimes it can even have really nice furniture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it could be a Martha Stewart cell. Right, which are oftentimes the hardest to to give up. Yes, um, because you know we're we're making what we think is going to be the ideal life, and then we find out that it's a prison, right? And it might have even been ideal at one time, but you you outgrow you outgrew it. It is no longer satisfying, right? But because of this kind of this fundamental assumption we have that things are always going to be the same, and my ideals. You know the, the cultural ideals as well that we get we get saddled with. You know that this was this is the ideal life, and you get to it and go, this is really uncomfortable. I don't really like this at all. Uh, but you can have layers and layers of stuff that have been built up, right? That based on the assumption that this was it, this was going to be your life. And so it's it's not necessarily an easy thing to change. Right? You can anybody can, but the 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 good news is is that you don't have. You, you don't, not only you don't have to, but please don't start making the change by trying to adjust your circumstances. Okay, I need a new partner, I need a new job, or something like that. If, pay more attention to the discomfort, right? So you just don't jump, sh jump ship, right, out of the frying pan into the fire. You, you want it to be wise and measured, because the, because the, 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 the prison is here. We are, we are imprisoned by our beliefs, by the idea that I can't do better, or that it would be too difficult, or I can't go without that. You know, what would I be without my Lexus? I mean, there are people who think like that, right? Yeah. I saw, I saw a, uh, a documentary done by the, uh, one, of the, one of the grandchildren of the Johnson & Johnson folks, right? The mega billionaire family, right? And he was making a video, and he actually, he, they were not happy with the documentary that he made. I mean, it was scathing, his, his family. And he actually, clandestinely, he wired himself with a microphone, and he had this cameraman hiding in the bushes with a telephoto lens while he was playing, uh, he was playing uh, golf with his father, who was now the CEO, right, of the, of the whole thing. And they're out there having, you know, with a bunch of other guys, and they're having a conversation. And his father actually says, you know, I, I, things are tough. I don't know how anybody can get along on less than 30 million. 30? <laughs> Woohoo! <sighs> yeah, different. Uh... No, he's got a very gilded cage, right? Yes. Right? <laughs> a very gilded cage. But you can see that he's afraid. He can't, he can't let go of this life that he's had. I mean, he's, he's more trapped than you and I are. Yes, I like that you brought that up at, paired with that story because I shared a story of prison that people think, yes, that's prison, but sometimes it's, it's, it wasn't prison and then we've grown. So it becomes prison or it's not even like a yeah. bad thing. It's just no longer to matching your inherent self. Can you uh, explain yes. what inherent self is to us? Just a nice reminder. 
Well, it's what's there before the conditioning. That's the easy way, easiest way to put it. What what is what is actually just spontaneously you, not learned, not acquired, not not a behavior that that needed to be there to compensate for something, but the pure, original, raw you, just as you are. Mm. That's the inherent self, and that's the inherent self that is unacceptable to the environment that creates all these problems. And the inherent. simple. And the inherent self is who we get to be, meet, I don't know what the word is, be with, when we do the self-inquiry. That is the self we're inquiring into. Inquiring into. <laughs> right? We, we are inquiring into the nature of the self that we have believed ourselves to be, to get to the self that we actually are. Because the self we believe we, our, ourselves to be is the brick in the, in the, in the prison walls. Hmm. I want to take this opportunity to invite anybody who's with us, all these lovely people and their comments and everything. Um, is there something that you are they just recognizing perhaps you think, oh, I think I think I might be in a, a prison. And if you want to jot down a little sentence or two, we can we can address it or talk about it. Or if um, there's a prison that you were in and then now you're no longer and how did you get there so we, we love the comments and the stories being shared because on home school live it's always about the lesson we have a lesson here first and we, we're just going to cut today's show just a teeny tiny bit short so i just want to move into comments now that's okay there okay. Um, and I, go, I always go backwards but let's see jennifer is in because i was learning about myself choose to say because yes it is tough. You know what? Breaking out of prison, it's not that it's easy or tough. It, it just happens instantly, but it doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it doesn't have some discomfort, like you said, GP. <laughs> well, the discomfort, yes. Uh, the, yeah, you, you can't avoid the discomfort. You know, just the, the realization that you are in the prison, which means you can't immediately extricate yourself, but it's no longer a comfortable place to be, right? Knowing that you are in prison is kind of like, oh man, this sucks, right? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you recognize it and it's completely internal. It's something you have 100% control over and bam, it's gone in a second. You just, it's, it's, it's done. Other times there's habits and addictions that are attached, that are attached to it. Other times there's circumstances if you've, that you've created, uh, right? You know, mortgage or family or resp and responsibilities and things like that, that we're all a part of that. And so, um, but if you recognize that, that, it, that it is only you that is keeping you there, that there, that it, it, there is always a way to extricate yourself from it. It may not be the easiest thing in the world to do, but there is always a way. And if you value your, your freedom and your own emotional and spiritual health, above all, you'll, you will diligently look for that way. You will endure the annoying inner voice and move towards it and, and find the path to freedom that is the, is the, is the least disruptive. Because it's you're not out to hurt anybody. You're not out, you know, to 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 ruin any anybody's life. And if you really sit with all of that, just the the, the and, and the the compassion of change to allow compassion and wisdom to bring about the adjustments, not make that an act of will. You'll find the path will open up. Hmm. 
you brought up a good um, topic there, and it's a chicken and egg question. These always get me. Um, <laughs> once we've created our prison, so we're in prison, we can attach certain um, behaviors and addictions. <clears throat> chicken or egg, do we need to stop the addiction to free ourselves or can, or by freeing ourselves, will the addiction stop? Um, it depends on the individual, right? Um, sometimes, it, 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 and the nature of the addiction itself. There are some addictions that become self-perpetuating, right? Um, you know, every addiction starts as a solution. It is a relief for a, for a problem that you don't have a solution to, right? Mm -hmm. And so it provides a temporary relief. The first time I got stoned when I was 15, it was the first time I'd felt relaxed in my entire life. Because yeah. my whole life had been just walking on eggshells. It was, you know, it was constant tension with, with, uh, with, with my mother. And it was just like my whole body for the first time is like, oh my God. You know, is it any wonder that from that point on, I was never not stoned? <laughs> I mean, I just took to it like a duck takes to water, right? But eventually, the, the, it, it no longer serves that purpose. The only relief you get is from the craving for the thing, right? <laughs> and so it doesn't even give you relief anymore from the thing you started in the first place. It, it only, the only thing it does is give relief to the craving that it's creating. And now you're really stuck in a loop. And you may very well need to get help to break that cycle before this can happen. It can, I would say, at the same time, or even before you get any help, do that work. Go to that, to the essential part. Because it can break it as well, right? But, but don't ignore the other. Right, you may need to take that step. You may need to get some help to get out of that cycle, to free up kind of the inner bandwidth, to be able to do the other. Because you know it is a vicious cycle. There's the craving, there's the relief to it, and then there's the guilt that follows it, right? Which takes an enormous amount of emotional and psychological energy, right? So it's absorbing a lot. Of energy, so you may need to recover some of that before you can, before you can dig in deeper. I really appreciate you um, acknowledging and helping us all to see, and if, even if we didn't recognize it before, uh, during that time of my life, I was exhausted. I, I, I it was all I could just to survive because it. it yeah. You're right. It's this. Um, the energy is being absorbed in all of these between the story and the protection and the cycles and the ha ah, ha and just you know going to bed and waking up just seems like another torturous <laughs> in prison day <laughs> so that's right I, thank you for sharing that so some people we you might think hmm gosh i am i feel like not just regularly drained or tired but there's this where's the energy being drained or absorbed or taken from and and perhaps that might be a place to begin a self inquiry uh, and and ask, hey, who is in this prison? Who is in this prison? <laughs> it's not who me. Is <laughs> what is this prison? What is this prison ma really made of? Right? What if I actually just did what I wanted to do right now? What would happen? What would that feel like? What would be? What would be the result of it? What would be the repercussions? What would he or she say? Right? Um, what happens if I fail? 
what if I do this and I completely fail? If you start really being willing to examine all these things, you, you'll see the, the, the thoughts of which the prison walls are made. Right? Because they, the, 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 the prison is, is maintained, those walls are maintained by, our, by the lack of scrutiny. Right? They, the false beliefs can only hide in the dark. The moment they come out in the light, they're seen as false. And in that moment, false seen as false, ignorance disappears, and and at that point, you you can't you can't go back. Right? Once you've seen something is true, you cannot go back. It's not possible. Right? And so, in order for it to be perpetuated, we have to not question it. Right? So, if there is a, a, a willingness, enough of a light to go, well, what is really holding me here? And then you look at circumstantially, you go, well, there's actually nothing holding me here, right, circumstantially, right, there's, there's no threat, nothing is holding me here. And you go, but yet I feel like I can't leave. Well, then what is that? Now you've gone in, in, in a step. Now it's completely internal. It has nothing to do with circumstances anymore. Now this is just habits, the way I have perceived the situation, my own, my own weaknesses, the stuff I can't I, I can't face up to the fact that I can't, I cannot take care of myself. I can't set a boundary, whatever it might be, right? But now it comes out in sharp relief, and as painful as it is, once it comes out in sharp relief, it goes, now there's something that can be done about it. Healing can now take place. It can't otherwise. Right. I love that you said that about the healing. I literally, but you know what? I was resisting, resisting, and and just you know white knuckling the driving again and and i'm a fabulous driver i love driving but then i i kept thinking i was like what am i afraid of that i might flip the vehicle again and as soon as i said that i thought well what makes me think that i would do that i've driven a million times and only did it once like so only did it once, yeah. why would yeah. i do it again and so there the inquiry and just exactly what you said once i brought it to attention kind of laughed at myself and went oh my gosh and so what if yes. i did so I do. I flip it again in there. Well, I have to deal with them. <laughs> That's so. right. You have to go without a car for a bit and get another car. I mean, this is this is how it, yeah. But it's a very important thing to notice because this is the way our nervous system works. Yeah. Um, it, the protective mechanism isn't rational, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So what is the best way to avoid flipping a car again and putting you in danger? Don't drive. Yeah. That That's how it sees it. It's very, it's very, it's very cut and dry. Oh, well, don't drive. Because remember, the nervous system isn't concerned about the fun it is to drive and what you need to do and the freedom and all the stuff. That, it's Who cares, right? There's only one mission. Don't flip the car and die. Okay, so don't drive. Done. Done. Next. <laughs> exactly. We have to understand that while we're thinking about it in our heads and it doesn't make any sense, this is the, the reality of that part of the energy. This is the reptilian stem. This is the salamander on the rock running, right, at the tiniest provocation. It doesn't think about, well, I'm, but not the sun, I want the sun. It doesn't think, it's just gone, boom, zoom, off. This is, this is in us. If we recognize that, we can go, oh, okay, of course that's the case. It's coming up now. And now we can reconcile with it, right? Because I want that energy there, but I also want freedom. I worked with a woman using EFT who couldn't drive over bridges. 
I don't know what exactly had happened. The actual, the actual originating event never, never came out. But I mean, she would go into an absolute panic. She couldn't do it. She could not drive a bridge. You know, and there are places she simply couldn't go because you'd have to drive, you know, half the length of the country to get around the, <laughs> to to get around. But she'd drive around lakes. You know, uh, you know. Um, you know, around San Francisco, rather than going over the Oakland Bay Bridge, she'd drive all the way around, around San, around San Jose, up Palo Alto, right? And the, or the other side to get over to, Mer to Marin County, you know, instead of a 20-minute trip, it's like four hours, uh, right? Um, and, you know, we started just by thinking about it and working through it, and eventually she drove to a bridge, and eventually now she doesn't think anything of it, right? But there was, a, there was that association had been made in the in the nervous system that that association had to be uh, broken and like I said the actual event that triggered the whole thing I um, I, I have uh, there was another person I, I, I worked with I did know it was the when a car exploded in the in, a, in the tunnel so for her it was for tunnels um, and um, she was near it she wasn't in it but it was like a it was a it was a fuel truck overturned and exploded and so the tunnel became an oven and everything everything inside was melted it was just everything was incinerated it was really quite a disaster it was a tunnel in near oakland i can't remember exactly where it was now um and she couldn't drive through tunnels after that right yeah. and uh, you know we got her through it so she could eventually but you know, what, if, if, if you can have an accident in a tunnel, what's the best way to not that, for that to not happen? Never drive through a tunnel. We have to understand that this is the rationale at this level of the operating of the nervous system. And it is the most powerful of the entire system. Until conscious awareness comes online. Then it can be brought into the subordinate position where, where it actually belongs. Until I would then, love to it's in charge. <laughs> exactly. And I uh, thank you for sharing some success stories there too, because, and, and for myself, success. Um, so if either of any of you here are thinking, I have an I'll never story <laughs> an I'll never prison, or I, you know, I can't, or I just, oh, I'm stuck. I do invite you to check out and just go come to the site gpwalsh.com because even one session it could be one it could be a million you maybe we don't know however many it is but um just begin with some self-inquiry work have a session with gp um i get to have them every week see so it's kind of <laughs> alive in front of everybody but i always get so there's always something and um and to be able to work with that and 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 change, introduce something new into my environment. That's what Home School Live is actually all about. We want to introduce something new into your environment. You can take it and do your work, but you can also have the guidance of GP one-on-one. -on -one. So please come visit us um, over there and sign up for the light letter and you get to hear all the good stuff that's coming. We have some exciting stuff coming up. We won't give it away just yet, but we really do have a new um, monthly immersion program coming up that you will absolutely want to know about and hear about. But Speaking of which, we actually have a meeting towards that. And so we are signing off just really <laughs> early today. And we're going to say thank you to everybody. See, there's no prison here. We can we can have a full hour or time an hour. <laughs> there's no rules. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a couple of things here I do want to, I just want to really quickly address. Yes. One thing from Anya here, he said, are we, are we afraid to be the one with the capital, capital O? Oh. Would it be too much to handle the power because of beliefs? Um, the that original 
unconditioned self that I talk about, the inherent self, is, is way more than you think it is. <laughs> that isn't just you. That is the one. That is God. That is the ultimate. Right? The sense of being an individual uh, person right, is, the, is, is was what was created by the, the nervous system. It is not who you actually are. Right? And because of that, because it is a creation of the nervous system, it is in, inherently unstable. And therefore, any time you start questioning its authority or its reality, it starts to get shaky. So, are you afraid to be the one? How could you? You are the one, right? But the whole, the whole construct of the identity, right, is inherently unstable and therefore is always trying to defend itself, always trying to create a different version of itself, always, always trying to do something to maintain that. And so for that, uh, you know, awakening to who you are is a threat because it's a complete shift in our relationship with ourselves. It is a complete shift for the, for the nervous system, which has lived its whole life on the assumption that this is who I am. So you, the entire mechanism of your life, everything going on, your relationships, your career, the clothes you choose, the food you eat, are all based on, on the notion that this idea of who I am is stable and solid. And as you begin to think that it isn't, this whole thing begins to, to shake. And that's what you feel about it, afraid. It's not that it's afraid to be the one. It's afraid to let go of what's familiar and safe. That's all. And if you take it like that and see it as, as, ju as, as just this is the nature of the, of the mechanism, you can have the utmost compassion with it. And that compassion and love is will, will, will allow it to let go of this, of this as the center of life, all of, and reorganize itself around the reality of you. And this is where human life becomes the manifestation of the divine. So, to put it in those terms, there was, was there something else? I love the salamander that somebody sent. <laughs> I used to have a little... A couple of people were, were interested in that 30 million. <laughs> we'll get on that. <laughs> somebody says there's a school of thought that says you must stay in the mud like a lotus. No, not must. The, the mud gets transformed. You don't see it as mud any, anymore. Um, it's a beautiful metaphor, right? Because out of what appears to be the muck, this beautiful thing, this beautiful thing arises. And so we have to appreciate the nitty and gritty stuff of, of, of normal human life. We don't want to dis, dismiss it. But eventually it gets subsumed into the whole, and even the idea of the muck and mud disappears into the, into the lotus. So um, I just wanted to kind of address that one really quick. Let me see, there was another one. One prison to another prison, the wheel of samsara. It's a, yeah, okay, because I know we have to, have to hop into, a, into another We're event really after this. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you everybody so much. We look forward to being here with you next week, next Tuesday, for another version uh, session of Home School Live. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Bye, everyone. Thank you.